Title of the class, Moving Through the Matrix of Belonging to Believing, and my name is Lance Perupski. Uh, just real quick, who am I? Uh, I have the privilege and opportunity of being the co-lead pastor of Radiant Life Church in Wadsworth, Ohio with my lovely wife, uh, Angel. And uh, over the last, I've been in Ohio uh, for 22 years now, so I was a youth pastor for six years, uh, associate pastor for four and a half years, all at the same church, so almost 11 years at one church, and then became the lead pastor, uh, where I've been lead pastoring for about 11 and a half years all in the Ohio Ministry Network. So I have survived. I think I'm on my fifth DYD. Uh, I think I'm on my third superintendent. And uh, so I'm outliving, I'm going to, my longevity is going to outlive them all. Um, I also have the privilege of being the Region 3 Executive Presbyter. Um, I'm not sure what that means, but that's the role that I have. All right. Um, So as we jump in today, uh, I just have a question for you. And We'll, we'll take some responses. Uh, what tools or resources um, are you hoping to leave with today? When you looked at just, I know it's a brief description, and you, so something in you was like, I'm going to go to that, this one, or if it was your last pick because it was the only one that, like, that's it, I'm just going to go there. Um, or if you knew my wife and you're like, his wife is awesome, so I'll just come to this class because if he's half as good, then it'll be average, right? So um, what's, what's some, a tool or resource that you hope to glean from today? When you leave this room, what's one thing you'll hope you've learned? We have got, oh, go ahead. We have got, in the past five weeks, we've had nine families come to the church. Let's go. We can celebrate that. Come on. With that said, yeah. my goal is to make sure when I walk out of here that I know exactly how to welcome them Good. and keep them on track. Love it. Yeah. So we got new guests. And hopefully, um, I don't know if you, you've seen this. I think a lot of churches hopefully are experiencing this. Um, the buzz of maybe Asbury and what's taking place at other universities is creating a hunger. And so that hunger now, people are like, I want, I want to have something happen in my life. So that's, yeah, new guests coming. Now what am I going to do with them? Good. Who else? What's the thought? Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we'll have people coming to churches for different reasons. How, how do you get those to cross? That's good. I love that. And we're going to talk. We're going to talk a lot about that because the title was strategic, not the matrix part. I didn't pick that part, but the belonging to believing. That was what we're going to talk about a lot today. Who else? What's something you want to tool? Yep. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, new people. Yep, it's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. Yep. Yeah, how to deal with church hurt. I'm not sure why. I mean, I got some great ideas as to why. But church hurt hurts differently. And it may be because of what we heard this morning, the expectation. Because our expectation may be, hey, shouldn't we know better? Should, don't we already know what the fruits of the Spirit should be? Shouldn't If we've been following Jesus for a number of years, now obviously new guests, they have no clue. But for the person you're like, man, I've known you for 10 years. Why are you still a jerk? Like maybe that, 
shouldn't be there. It's good. Uh, I'd like to go the other way with church members uh, helping them reach out and accept and good. Um, you know, the, and also as as a as a church member realizing that you you already belong, so you need to be doing something. That's good. Yeah, right there. You should write that down. That's probably the best thing you'll hear. Because I'm not going to say anything that wise. So what she just said was really good. As a church member, you already belong. So what part do you play? Right? What? We shouldn't, we shouldn't expect a volunteer to do something that God has already created us to do. Right? Like, oh, I'm not on first impression, so I shouldn't be nice to people. What? No! Like, why? If it's not... Well, that's not my job. I don't have the lanyard on this morning. So I shouldn't... No, it should just be all of us together. All right? That's, I love that. This is really good. I think, I think hopefully you're going to... The reason I ask that, write some things down. Uh, typically what we go looking for, we find. Right? So if you come into a class and you're like, man, here's one thing I want to learn, then you kind of hone in and dial in, and this is maybe something you want to learn. And so we're going to unpack a bunch of things today. Um, we're going to talk about strategies in your church and what you can do for assimilations, for guests, how to create a culture um, that, that helps you truly see that your mission is being fulfilled. Um, so the title from Belonging to Believing, uh, there is a reason for that because we want people to belong way before they ever believe. Right? So if you have a new guest who's far from Jesus, who, who has no clue about the concept of God, because not everybody was raised in church. So part of this, part of my story, my wife's story, um, she was raised in a crack house. Biological father, adoptive father, um, both in prison. Uh, my mother is a dr- is an alcoholic and still is. She's just turned seventy seven and still will out drink probably any college campus student. Like it's just who she is. And so understanding no no knowledge of the Bible, right? Coming to church and someone saying, "Hey, could you turn to the Book of Matthew?" Where's that at? Well, it's in the New Testament. Where's that at? Well, it's after the old. Good. How do I find it? Wait, like, where do I find that? I'm like, okay, there's, well, in the beginning of the Bible, you can turn, and I'm like, okay, good. I'll finally find Matthew. Perfect. Page 872. Okay, 872. What are these numbers in this? Okay, what did he say? Okay, great. By the time I would find it, he's 20 minutes later. And I'm like, slow down a little bit. Like, because understand, not everybody has this mentality of church, and so can they belong before they ever believe? Well, pastor, what's, what's going to happen? Like, how will they know, like, the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God? What if they disagree? Um, can I let you know something? Every lost person is probably going to disagree with the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of God because they don't even know what they are. They're still trying to figure out the concept of truth. They're not even sure if truth exists. And so they're not going to understand that. So just come with an, a, a mindset that goes, man, they may not know what this is, but they'll get there. They'll get there. It, it is definitely a journey. I, I would t- say, too, uh, when I said the word journey, it kind of triggered me, uh, Journey Church in Fremont. Uh, if you're thinking about going to another session where you're going to learn a lot, you want to go to Ken Chance, How to Be a Welcoming Church. They're killing it. It's phenomenal. So just make sure you see it and, and check it out. It's full. Yeah, sit on the floor. Sit on the floor. Ken won't care. Fill the aisle. Sit next to him. He'll enjoy that. Right, Ken? He's here, too. Um, but think about this for a moment. We see, and we can read in Scripture, and we get the biblical account of the Good Samaritan. Right? The priest, the Levite, ah, ain't got time for him. Hmm. 
but someone I fundamentally disagree with. Like, Samaritan Jew, we don't hang out. We, this, is, this is like Ohio State and the team up north. We, we're not together. We don't, we don't do this together. And now all of a sudden, there's this model of, well, who is my neighbor? So what am I supposed to do? What if, what if the Good Samaritan crosses the road and is like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I'm going to help you. But before I help you, can I just ask you a question? What do you believe? What do you believe about Jesus? Because if you answer that question correctly, I would be more than happy to help you. But if you don't, I'm going to leave you there to die. No, we would never do that. And so we have a, bottle, a, a model from the Good Samaritan of what, what, what he did and what you and I should do. And this, it's this. See a need and meet it. See a hurt and heal it. <coughs> see a need and meet it. Like, oh, there's a need. I need to go help with that. See a hurt and I'm going to heal it. I'm going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I'm going to recognize that, that this person is in need. And it doesn't really matter what they believe because they are my neighbor. They're my neighbor. By definition... From God Himself. They're my neighbor, and so I need to make sure I'm helping them. So I see a need, and I meet it, and I see a hurt, and I heal it. So think about this concept of assimilation. Let me ask you a question. When do you think the assimilation process in your church should begin? When do you think it should begin? What do you mean by assimilation process? Assimilation. Like, like how do you... How, when, when should the process of trying to get someone to belong, to believe, welcomed, valued, loved, when do you think that should begin? Before they get there. Parking lot. What else? As soon as you meet them. Yeah. Right. I love that. You pray for them to come and now they're here. What are you going to do with them? Well, I don't know. I wasn't expecting God to answer that prayer. He was. Yeah, so, so let me ask you a few more questions. I just want you to process these. Um, what, what is your church or ministry known for in the community? Just process that. What are you known for in the community? And if you're like, I'm not really sure, I would suggest asking, asking some random strangers. Hey, when we mention this church, what do you think of? What comes to your mind? There's the reason for that. So when my wife and I first became lead pastors at our church, we have a, we have a preschool. It's ran by the, it is a ministry of the church. It is not a different school that uses our building. It is our school. We run it. And so I was uh, at a doctor's office and um, they were there. Hey, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a pastor. I was like, I'm in Wadsworth. Oh, she, I live in Wadsworth. I was like, that's amazing. Uh, she was like, where do you pastor at? I was like, Radiant Life Church. And she was like, where's that at? And at the, we moved locations. But I was like, oh, it's right on the corner on High Street and it's right next door to Taco Bell. And she goes, oh, is that Growing Place Preschool? That's where I used to take my kids and drop them off every day. I never knew that was the church. You pulled into the parking lot? You dropped your kid off every day for three years and you had no clue that you were dropping them off at Radiant Life Church? That was like, what, week three we were there? And I was like, Houston, we have a larger problem than I ever thought. Right, people in the community have no clue, and we had the best location in town. Wow. We were the corner off the highway next to Taco Bell across the street from Chipotle and McDonald's. Like, it doesn't, the visibility of the church doesn't get any better. We were there. We had the prime spot, and yet no one in the community had a clue. So what are you known for in your community? Uh, second question. If your church doors closed tomorrow, would your community be impacted? 
So if your church closes and you never have another Sunday morning experience, you never have an opportunity to engage your community, would the community be impacted? Last question I'll give for you. If a secret shopper were to come to your church, what do you think they would say? Right? What do you think they'd say? So you have a secret shopper, you don't know, and all of a sudden they're there and they're like, hmm, and they're just looking through and they're perusing. What do you think they would say? Here's, here's, what I, here's what I know. Whatever it is you think they would say, it's because you already know it's an issue. Like, oh, they would notice that the walls need painted. And maybe it's time to paint the walls. Oh, they would notice that, man, brother so-and-so out in the parking lot, <laughs> he's got a great heart. But his face does not say you're welcome. Right? And so we, we typically already know. And so I would just say this. If you expect it, we're talking about expectations. Like we're, we're, we're expecting. If you expect it, then you should inspect it. If you expect new guests, then you should inspect your new guest process. If you expect people like, hey, what, how are we going to disciple them? Then you should inspect your discipleship process. To make sure. And this is a constant and a consistent uh, thing for us to evaluate. Even if, even if it, like, this is the best ministry we have at our church, evaluate it. I'm not saying it has to be better because it's not good enough. What I'm saying is there a blind spot that you could be missing. So if it's, if it's important and you expect it, then inspect it. Uh, so today I'm going to throw it to you in like 20 minutes. I'm going to talk so fast and I'm going to give you a ton of, ton of content. I would just say this. Write things down. So the reason I asked, what did you get out of another breakout? It's, I, always, I always challenge myself with this. What did I learn? And what am I going to do about it? Right? So you're in a class right now where you can say, man, what did I learn? And now what are the action steps? What's, what, what is the application of me? And what am I going to do about it? All right? and, and I preface this with, hear me on this. We are all part of churches. You may not hear me say things like prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit, discipleship, worship. Those are non-negotiables. I'm not going to give you things that we should all already be doing because they've been asked of us to walk in obedience with the Word of God. We should all be praying for our communities. Right? We should all have moments and opportunities of worship. We should have moments and opportunities and experiences for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So those you may not hear today, that doesn't mean like, oh, you don't believe in those. No. We're talking systems and strategies. God's always going to do his part. I just wonder if we will do ours. All right? And so that's kind of, I just wanted to preface that. So Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, uh, there is an encouragement for us to run the race with perseverance. Right? That's been marked out for us. To run this race. We are in a journey together. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. We do not start and quit. We have a finish line. The destination is heaven. And so it is a journey from where we start to the last day we take our last breath. So if you're still drawing breath, then God's not done with you. And so we have an opportunity to continue on in that journey. And everybody's on the journey, but in a different location, in a different spot. Because maybe you found Jesus and you're like, man, I'm, I'm one month in, I'm just hungry. I love that. But maybe you're in the room and you're like, 60 years. I've been following Jesus for 60 years. Hopefully, one month to 60 years, there is a gap. Because this person is just learning, and this person, you're like, I have forgotten more than this person has learned. And so we have to make sure that everybody on this journey has a way to follow. Because it will look different for everybody. So how do we move from belonging 
right, in believing into having a, a culture of assimilation into our church because it will not happen by accident. So go back to the question that I asked. Hey, when should this process of assimilation begin? I want to give you three questions to think about, and then we'll move on to just two, two quick steps. So here's three questions we can ask ourselves. What do they see? Right? New, guests are, new guests are going to come to your church. Remember, assimilation to me happens before they ever show up. So what do they see? We have people now that we have, we have someone sign up for membership. I've never seen them before. And, but yet they can tell me everything I preached for the last three months. How did that happen? Oh, because they've been watching online. They've been watching online and experiencing God and hearing the messages and applying them to their life. And they're like, man, we love this church. We're going to call it home. We're actually going to visit this week. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> it would love to know who you look like. That's perfect, right? But it's it, because they, we have visibility, right? So we have, we have things like websites. So on your website, do you ask questions? Do you, is, it, is it user-friendly in a way that a new guest can go on and find information about you that is relevant that's up to date. Like, so on ours, we have a new, a new guest landing page to where you can go, oh, new here? You can, you can sign your kids up in our database before they ever walk through the doors of the church so that way it's simple and easy. Before they ever come through. Right? People will find you without ever walking through the doors of your church. And so assimilation begins with what do they see when they look at your website? Um, do they see smiling faces? Do they see kids? Do they see laughter? Do they see people enjoying the presence of God? Right, is an opportunity for you to understand something. Um, if you are a new guest to a church, whew, there's some anxiety. Amen. Right? It's like, oh my goodness, what am I walking into? I don't know. Well, am I supposed to? Uh, so I never went to a church before the age of 21, except for I went to Catholic church with my grandparents twice. I was so confused. Because they would stand, they would kneel, they would sit, they would stand, they would kneel. And I was like, I don't know the process. <laughs> I don't know what this means. And they'd be like, okay, just pull the kneel. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Right? And then I couldn't make a noise because everything in this room echoes. Shh. Horrible. They didn't know what to do. So how do you know what a guest is? How does a guest know what they're going to do? How do they know what the expectations are? Because every church is different. Like, am I allowed to have coffee? Am I not allowed to have coffee? Am I allowed to walk through this door? Am I not allowed to walk through this door? Where are your restrooms at? So what do they see? Social media. Do we have a communication strategy? Are we consistent with that strategy? Does, how does it look? Listen, we live in a vain world. Looks matter. <laughs> right? They're looking at it like, oh, is that something place I would like to go to? Does that look like a store that I would shop in? It matters. Right? So social media, what does that look like? Signage, is it clear? Is it simple? Right? For instance, if you, if you have an opportunity to do signage, hang it high. Why would you hang your signage high? If somebody walks into the doors of your church and you see them like this, right away, they're a guest. Because they're trying to figure out where they're supposed to go. Everybody who's been there before knows. So they're just walking this way. But if someone's like this, the same way you do in this building, where you're like, I don't know what... Because you're new. Signage is high. Hang your signage high. Parking lot. Right? It's important. What does that look like? You know, do you have Eeyore in your parking lot? Do you have the sign guy that sits on the corner and flips all the signs and like does all that cool stuff? <laughs> And that, that sounds really cool, except for he's doing, ignoring everybody who pulls in. So you don't want Eeyore, and you don't want the sign guy. You want someone who can smile and wave and be welcoming. All right? And so parking lot is important. 
Uh, the, here's one for me. What do they see? This is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, my staff, my wife, it, it's crazy because they get tired of hearing it. Um, the outside of your facility. What does it look like? No. If you're like me, if you're anything like me, I'm. How do I relax? I cut my grass, and I I have a push mower, but I have a striping kit on my push mower. That's how awkward I am. Like I'm. I'm like, this has got to look like progressive field when I'm done. Let's go. Um, and I'm not saying you have to go to that extent. But for us, the guy who cuts our grass at our church cuts it on Thursdays. When does church start? Sunday. Yeah, so you know it looks great on Sunday morning? The outside of the facility. Because if you were to cut it on Monday, it would be long and shaggy by Sunday. So we cut it on Thursday. So what do, what do they see outside? It's, it, it costs very little to pull weeds, spray weeds, edge, put down mulch. I would encourage you, I lo- we just went to rocks. <sighs> we never have to spread mulch again. And it looks great all year round. And so exterior of the facility, what does it look like? Um, because it truly does set the tone. So one thing we do is we always have music playing outside. Because we want, and it's, we call it, actually on my Spotify, it's called the RLC Bop List. Like, it, we want it to be loud. We want it to be like, this is, a, this is a song with energy and movement because we want it to engage you before you ever walk through the doors of your church. Okay, because we want to set the tone. So, um, first impressions. What are they wearing? Like, do, they have, do they have your church merch on? Do they have a lanyard? Can you identify who they are? Are they smiling? Are they well-trained? Um, do you have a process that you walk your first impressions teams through? Okay, those are all things important. Uh, and then the last thing with what do they see, um, create a welcome center. Create a welcome center. Now understand, when you create a welcome center, um, do not clutter your welcome center. They do not need every pamphlet that the Assemblies of God has ever made. Keep it simple. We have a connection card and a gift at our welcome center. That's all we have. We don't have invites. We don't. It is a gift and a connection card. That's all we want you to do at the Welcome Center is welcome you, right? And then what I would say with that, um, you know, what do they see is just make sure that, that it's appealing, right? Whatever it would be. So in the summer, we give away water bottles. In the winter, we give away coffee mugs, right? So just make sure it's appealing. So what do they see? The second question that we got to answer is what do, they, what do we say? What's our language? What verbiage do we use? So in all of our pre-service meetings, we have, we have like huddles, like we just gather up. All of our teams that are meeting are all talking about our values, one of our values that Sunday. Because our language matters. It's not silos. It's not like, oh, kids, you do this. Oh, first impressions, you do this. No, we're in this together and we're all on the same team and we all have the same values. It's not one is better than the other. And so language really does matter. So we cover our, four, our, our core values. Um, we have statements. So we have a service host that gets up. So the person who does announcements. Um, on the first Sunday of every month, there's a statement that they have to say. They can say anything else they want to say, but they, when we talk about missions, right, there's a statement that they have to say. Life isn't, life isn't about what we can get. It's about what we can give. And you will hear that said every first Sunday by whoever is up there because language is important. All right, so language matters. Um, at the end of service, what do we say? What do we want our guests to know? Right, we, we, we ask them to go to the Welcome Center. We ask them to connect with us at the Connection Center. All of that matters. Uh, we say this um, typically, uh, it's almost every, every week, but you know, at least a couple times a month. Uh, you may have walked in as a guest, but we're, 
we're, know when you leave, you're leaving us family. What are we saying? You belong here. You belong here. You can belong before you ever believe. Hey, you didn't raise your hand for salvation? That doesn't mean you don't belong here. It means you belong here and you're valued here. All of us. All of us want to be valued and loved. That, that's within all of us. So it doesn't matter what they look like or, or if, they, if, they, if they're on fire for Jesus or they're so far away. There's a place for you to belong. And so we want you to know, you may have showed up as a guest, but you're leaving as family. And family loves one another. Family sticks together. So we just communicate that. And there's no better compliment as a guest than, and your people are way too nice. We had a, a new guest family uh, show up one Sunday, and it was on our life group Sunday. And they got invited to three different life groups. And they were like, isn't that bad? I was like, no. I was like, that's pretty cool, because that means our life group leaders are owning the culture of who are you inviting. So... Now, that could be, to a guest, like, abort. <laughs> like, I'm staying away because these people, way, way, no, this must be a cult because they're way too nice. I would rather have someone never want to come back because we're way too nice than we were mean. All right? We had a young man show up um, just a couple weeks ago to church. His parents come to the church, and his mom called me, and she's like, hey, I want you to know my son is coming, and uh, we have a relationship, and she's like, you know, he's... he's we would say he's, he's probably more of an atheist. doesn't really believe. He's got some serious church hurt. And so what do we, I just want you to know he's coming. And he said he's open. He did say this though, that you, that he would be your hardest challenge you've ever had to uh, talk with. And I was like, okay, <laughs> challenge accepted. I was like, let's go. And so on purpose, on purpose, he shows up. Now, when I say on purpose, he wears this anyway, but he specifically made sure he, he got long hair, ponytail, you know, down to his crack. And he, uh, he, he shows up wearing a, a t-shirt from a concert with anthrax, uh, ACDC, like all these heavy core metal bands. And uh, he came in and he loved it. And so um, later that night, we were having our new guest welcome party and he showed up. And he was like, man, I'll tell you what. I showed up this morning and I, I put your church to the test. I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I wore my shirt on purpose because I was waiting for somebody to tell me to take it off that was disrespectful to the house of God. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, how'd that do? How'd it go for you? He was like, it failed miserably. <laughs> he was like, everybody loved me. And everybody was so kind. And they didn't care what I was wearing. And I was like, ah. Uh. <laughs> um, so you, you, every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. Every Sunday is someone's first Sunday. And we have to make sure we're giving our best for his best every Sunday. Making sure that the facility and what do, what do, what do they see and what do we say. And then lastly, what do we send? What do we send? So what do, you, what do guests leave with? Right? If they show up, what do you put in their hands? What's most important? So for us, it's a guest. It's, they fill out a guest card and then we give them a gift and that's it. We, we're not sending them with a ton of information. We're not sending them... Um, we want to create, hopefully, a holy curiosity where they want to come back to see what else. Right? You can't just get... Movies are not written in a way where they give you all of the cool stuff in the first 15 minutes, so you leave. Right? They want to give you enough that keeps you on the edge of your seat. Like, oh, I need to lean in more. What else is there? Oh, I love this. It's the same way. when We don't want to give everything on the front end so they never want to come back. We want to create a curiosity where they go, I wonder if it's like this every week. I wonder if they're this kind every week. I wonder if they're, if they're this belonging and believing every week. So we want to make sure we create that kind of culture. Now understand, I've, I've mentioned the word culture a few times. Did you know that every church has a culture? Yes. 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 
Every church may not have first-time guests, but every church does have a culture. And that culture was created. I would encourage everyone, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're supposed to be the leader of culture, um, there will always be a parade. Just make sure you're the one leading it. Right? Because you're, you're the tone setter of culture in your church. And, and culture, uh, when, when we say culture, we're talking about behaviors. It was interesting, Scott, you said, are we talking about chicken or are we talking about customer service? You can go to any Chick-fil-A and go, I love coming here. Because I'm going to hear, it's my pleasure. Like, I want to serve you. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And you're going to get this. Now the f- you're like, it's chicken. You're not a fine dining. This isn't steak. This isn't filet and lobster tail. This is chicken nuggets. And yet we will pay 10 bucks for chicken nuggets because of the service. Because they have a culture that was inspired by their values. And because of those values, it created behaviors. And now we get to be the beneficiary of their behaviors because they have a healthy culture. And so understand that that's what we're talking about. We're talking about culture is people's behaviors. And you have to be intentional to create that healthy culture. So if you want guests to feel like they can belong, you have to have a culture that allows them to have a seat at the table. Right? Jesus. Hey, he's risen. Hey, guys, you've been out fishing today. Great. I'm going to cook you breakfast. What? Of all the things you could do, Jesus, of all the things that, that's most important right now, you want me to come and have a seat at your table and eat breakfast with you? If it was important to him, it should be important to us. That people have a place to belong, which means there is a seat at his table. And it's not a table. I love that you said it. Like, we're, we're all, we're members. How do we help others to belong? Well, that means you have to be looking for lost people. You have to be welcoming and inviting them. It's not like, oh, I haven't seen sister so-and-so in, since last week, so I need to have a 10-minute conversation with her. No, have that 10-minute conversation after church. Because someone who's walking through the door will need you more than they need you. So you have to have this culture of assimilation. And so how do we do that? Two things, and then I'm going to take some questions. You have to have ramps. You have to have ramps. You have to have a way for them to get on the highway with you. If it's a journey, you have to have ways for them to be able to navigate through the processes and through the systems. And so you have to have ramps and communication. Why do you think having on-ramps for your systems, for your structure, and for your process is so important? What do you think? What do you think ramps are so important? Yeah, you got no other way to get. How do you get on a highway if there's no ramps? Gradual. Gradual. Ooh, gradual. You have an opportunity. You ever notice that a lot of ramps getting on are downhill? A lot of ramps getting off are uphill because one helps you speed up, the other helps you slow down. So your your ramps need to be an opportunity for people to be able to go faster and further. Why? Because you're on the journey with them. You're already on the highway. You just want to bring them with you. But then there's the moments where you're like, oh, we need to slow this down. Hey, maybe there's an off-ramp because maybe you're not the right person on the right bus. And what I mean by that is, hey, you're doing great in ministry, but maybe there's a different ministry because this isn't just the right fit. So you have to have on-ramps and off-ramps. Right? Just because somebody signs up to serve doesn't mean it's for eternity. Right? We used to celebrate. We give plaques and trophies. Like, been teaching Sunday school for 40 years. And I think we're realizing, that's a good thing. But also, how many other people didn't get an opportunity to teach because that person wouldn't move out of the way? So they have to have on-ramps and off-ramps. So what are your on-ramps? 
You ever wonder, like, why would God send you a massive amount of people if you have no process to deal with them? Like, oh man, we, we're praying for 50 people to get saved this Sunday. I love that. I, I, hope, I hope that happens at all your church. What are you going to do with 50 new believers? Exactly. Who's going to disciple them? Well, I, that's not really important. We're just praying they come. Oh, so now we believe in eternal security, right? Like you just do whatever you want to do. No, we have to have a process. And so when they show up, we have to have a system and a structure that will navigate them through. And so you need on-ramps, whether that's on the, the front side. Remember the questions? Whether that's social media, whether that's website. Okay, we have to have on-ramps for them to be able to see. So what are the systems and strategies that you have in place? So here, uh, real quick, what, what's your new guest follow-up process look like? Okay. Now, again, if hear me on this. I, I think you said it the other day, Anthony. Um, oh, I asked the question because I'm a, something about a process. I'm sure it already exists, right? Because we have processes for everything. Like you're like that. You're you're over processed. That, that's how I. It's the way my brain thinks. It's strategic and a process. And so, you're you're looking at our new guest follow-up process. That's two full pages, five weeks worth of action steps of what we do and how we do it. It's digital. Um, they get text messages. Two o'clock every Sunday, every guest who filled out a card or who, if they were like, I'm not filling out a card. Well, in order to register your kids, we get your email and your phone number. So we're still going to stalk you, right? It's still going to happen. Um, so, so if you sign your kids in or you fill out a card at two o'clock every Sunday, our first action step goes out. Hey, thank you so much for being at Radiant Life Church today. Um, you know, I hope you enjoyed this service and hope you come back again. Uh, if you have any questions, let us know. Simple, short, it's a text message, automated. We just plug in the information, hit send, it goes. The responses from that are crazy. All we did is open up a ramp for people to have communication. Oh, so, Pastor Lance, thank you. there's so many people at our church that are new guests that think that's my cell phone number. I'm like, that's not me. This is me. Um, but, it's, but it's one of those things where they don't know, and they're like, oh, it was so great. I love the worship. Well, now what do we do? We have a ramp to where now we text back and forth with them. Oh, I'm so glad worship spoke to you. Our pastor, man, didn't he do a great job? And the pres- it, We're just creating a ramp. And so you have to have a process to follow up with your new guest. Here's what I would say to you. We, you send me your email or let me know. We'll, I'll send you this. It's, we created it. Just borrow it. Use it. We steal it. We, didn't, we stole it from somebody else. That's how the church works. All right? uh, but understand, it's a process that works for us. It may not work for you. That's okay. But what it can do is get your brain thinking in a creative way that goes, man, we won't do that, but we could do something different. This is what we could do. Then do that. That's okay. But I will say this. When it ever comes to a new guest follow-up process, just remember this, that, that personal is powerful. Right? So when... Week three of our follow-up, that's me. I reach out to every new guest. Do I have the time to? No. But personal is powerful. Right? So you carve out a little bit of time to make sure, hey, just whether it's a phone call or a text message, hey, this is Pastor Lance, just want you to know. Again, the response from that is, it was so weird getting a phone call or a text message from you. I've never had anybody do that before. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's personal. Right? So it's, just not, it's not just automated. It is personal. So have a plan that works for you. Develop, lay it out. We still send in week one after that text message a handwritten letter. Because there has to be other things other than junk mail and bills that come to your mailbox. 
And why not brighten up somebody's day by having, oh, what, the church? Oh, so good, they love me. Um, and it's true. So just make sure you have a process to follow up with new guests. So now you have new guests, right? Nine new guests, this is great. Now we have to have a process to follow up with. But what do we do? Because after our process ends in five weeks. Now what? Well, we just assume you're loving Jesus, baptizing the Holy Spirit, and you're ready to go. We just release you to the dogs. Like, no, that, that's not going to happen. There's a good possibility. I came to church for three months before I ever gave my life to Jesus. So, felt, felt welcomed. Everybody was really kind. But now what? So now that we've moved from our new guest process, what are we going to do? Well, you have to have something in place to assimilate them into the life DNA of your church. And so what do we do? We, we throw a, a welcome party or pizza with the pastor. We do something that is a next step. So once you're a guest, once we follow it up with you, your next step is show up to this. We're going to feed you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to talk things about the church. But it's just a way for us to celebrate community and us being together. So you've got to have a place for them to go. Right? So it's a, whether it's a pizza with a pastor, a, a new guest welcome party, you have to have a next step for them to participate in. Because if you, if you don't, what are they going to do? Man, it was, our new guest, it was really, you were really friendly on the front end, but we've been here seven weeks and we just don't... No, we've got to have something that will be their next step. So we do a pizza with a pastor, a new guest welcome party, and it's at that celebration that we then invite them to their next next step, which would be either, you can call it growth track, life track, next steps. What, do, what is your next step? Because we're all in a journey. We're all taking this journey, and we all have a next step. But some of you have already completed some of the next steps. So for us, when we talk about, hey, you come to our next steps class, we're going to talk about things like finding Jesus. Week one, we're not assuming you're in this room and you're a believer. We're assuming there's a good possibility you are lost, and we want to make sure the first thing that we're going to talk about is you having a real relationship with Jesus. And so we talk about it. And we, we, we pray right there in our room. Hey, if you want to know Jesus, let's pray. Let's do that right here, right now, because that's the most important thing you will ever do. And so one of our next steps is finding Jesus. Water baptism, it's the next step. Not everybody's been baptized in water. So that may be a next step. But you, you're like, oh, we have tons of people who have been baptized. That's not a part, they've already walked that journey. But somebody else hasn't. And so you, next step, water baptism. Next step, membership. Next step, volunteering to serve. Next step, for us, it's midweeks. We, we still run a traditional Wednesday night um, Bible study. We still have uh, ministries for children, for youth. And so that's important to us. So we, we, one of your next steps is midweeks. All right, another next step, uh, generosity. Our next step is gener- generosity. Like, how do, how do we give? What does that look like? What do we give to? And then lastly, another next step for us is missions. We're, we're, we're still a church. We sponsor. This isn't, again, when I say things, this isn't like a boast. This is a brag. This is humility. We keep missions in front of our people all the time. We go on missions trips. We sponsor missions. We do missions windows. Missionaries come in once a quarter. They have windows. Um, we do missions conference. And some, some people are like, well, that's, that's, that's pretty old school. Um, it's been effective. Our missions giving has increased $100,000 in 10 years. By, by offering a next step. People want to be generous, but what are they being generous to? Right? So we do missions and we keep it in front of them. So it's very important. Uh, and then... So you have new guests, have a process to follow up. Next step of assimilation, what are their next steps? What are you asking of them? What is your on-ramps to be up, for them to be able to sign up? 
Right? And we could talk about the systems of, man, water baptism and membership and what that looks like. There's so many different ways. Um, how do they sign up to serve? When's a good time to ask them to sign up to serve? Monthly? Monthly? Remember how I said we have statements? On the fourth Sunday of every month, we talk about our volunteers, and we do volunteer of the month, and we throw their name up on a screen, and then we give them a, uh, like a massive amount of blessing with a $5 Starbucks gift card, so they get half a drink. It's very great. Um, <laughs> But it's in that that we say these words every fourth Sunday. The best way to serve God is by serving others. If you have not had an opportunity to sign up to serve others, then you are missing a connection point of your relationship with God. If you're not, your next step along the journey of following Jesus is serving someone. We have multiple areas for you to serve. There's always a need. Right Now hear me on this. There's always an opportunity every fourth Sunday. Well, my teams are full. Okay. So who on your team is maybe a phenomenal leader that needs to leave your team to make room for somebody who's new? Because they can go lead somewhere else. Like, well, nah, this one's easy. I didn't ask what was easy. Right? So again, you're creating culture. All right? So you have to make sure there's on-ramps. And you've got to have a database. Right? Create a system. Whether that's Planning Center, whether that's Alvanto, have a data place where you keep information on people. I could pull up right now and print out a report of everybody who has not been baptized at our church. Because then I can follow up with them because we're doing water baptisms next Sunday. Hey, so I didn't see you sign up yet. What's holding you back? We had a lady who has been coming to our church. She's been there longer than me and my wife. She's, we've done membership two times a month for 11 years and she's never signed up. So Sitting in the kitchen, having a con- my wife's having a conversation with her, and she goes, let me, let me ask you a question. How come you've never become a member? That was all. Next day, sign up for membership class. Because personal is powerful. You make all the announcements you want. But it was like, hey, we need you. And she's already, she's already involved in like eight different ministries of the church. I was like, why are you holding me back? But now, sign up to be a member. So make sure you have on-ramps. And then lastly, you have to make sure you have clear communication. Clear communication. Whether, whether that's, again, from your website to what is said on the stage, what the language you use has to be clear. People don't understand. So we tell our worship pastors all the time, you have to explain what this means. Because right. what does this mean? Exactly. I, I surrender? Yeah. I give up? Right. I need help? <laughs> no, this is a, an, a, a physical expression of worship. And here's what worship is. Here's why we sing the songs that we sing. Here's why the lyrics on the screen. We would love for you to participate with us and sing along with us. If you see somebody next to you with a hand raise, this is hand raising. The scripture tells us, right, to lift holy hands. The scripture tells us to, to lift up our voice, to sing, to have a voice of triumph. Like, so this is why we're doing what we're doing. Because if every Sunday is someone's first Sunday, they have no clue what you're doing. So you have to have clear communication, again, to get them to belong. Um, so just make sure it's consistent, whatever it is. I'm not saying you've got to be as crazy and weird as me. People, it's a normal challenge, like, really? You say the same thing every first Sunday? We say the same thing every first Sunday. What do you say on the second Sunday? Well, we talk about spiritual growth. We talk about our midweek services that we offer with Bible studies for each and every age. And so you're either growing daily or you're dying gradual. I didn't make it, John Maxwell did, right? And so it's one of those things that we say every second Sunday. And on the third Sunday, we promo life groups because that's a next step, joining a life group. You know what we are? We're better together. 
So we need a life group because we need community. We all need it. You need it. I need it. So join a life group. Sign up today. Go to our connection center. All I'm doing is having on-ramps for them to feel connected and opportunity for places for them to belong way before they ever believe. All right. That's it. That's all I got for you. I know that was a ton of useless information for you to process. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, but here's the deal. What, we have just a few more minutes, uh, and then I'll get you out of here for lunch. Hold on. Let me do this first. I wasn't talking to you. All right. No one's in line for food yet. And we're the close, one of the closest rooms, so we're doing good. I just want to make sure, because I want you to win today and not wait in line. All right, so what kind of questions do we got with belonging to believing? Yes. So I help lead our first impressions team. I think one thing we struggle with is people on our team will see their friends, and they'll go and talk to them for 15 minutes and miss new people coming in. Yeah. So I guess what is, how do you encourage them? Hey, maybe let's leave that 10-minute yeah, awesome. I would answer that, but I'm going to let uh, Anthony Johnson, he's our campus pastor, and he oversees our first impressions, answer that question for you. Yeah, so for us, we train it up front. So it's like one of the first things they hear is, hey, love you, but you're not here for your friends. Today's your serving especially. Uh, the other thing, we constantly correct it. So if we notice it's a thing, we don't just assume it's going to get better. That's a conversation like, so I'll talk to our team lead for, so every service we have a team lead, same week every month. Um, so hey, so-and-so is missing people. We also don't put those people in our welcome center or our connection center. So we'll be like, oh, you're floating today. Um, so they're just kind of in the lobby hanging out, so it's not as high impact if they do miss somebody. Yeah, there's a lot of strategy. Right? Like, oh, why don't I never get to work in welcome center? Because you never welcome guests. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. Who else? What's next? Scott. Um, your, uh, your, the next step, the pastoral meet and greet, do you, do you have that? I know you have your announcements scheduled weekly. Do you have yeah. a regular program like, you know, one Sunday a quarter, they know this is coming, do you, you have like pre-registered for those Yep. Things? 100%. So we were doing it every third Sunday uh, was our pizza with the pastor. Uh, now we're, we're shifting that um, to a quarter. Um, it's not that like one or two in the room isn't great. Um, we just know over time, like the best use of our time is maybe not every month, but once a quarter. And so bringing more people in and then laying it out from there. But yeah, it's a process they sign up for. It's consistent with, hey, this is the day. Yeah, it's a good question. What else? Uh, we have two campuses. Uh, our Campus in Wadsworth, our average attendance on a Sunday morning is 385, and then our second location is averaging about 80. So how do you manage fellowship of the believer to begin to empower and help them come into service? Because even like with discipleship, walking alongside people, but then we have people who come and come and don't serve, but we're real small. Yeah. So how do you manage to move people from belonging to serving? Yeah, so that's the consistency of providing an on-ramp. Right? We want you and we need you to serve. Now, one thing we, we don't do, um, and we got away from this a long, long time ago, is to say, hey, we have no help, like from a platform. We have nobody to help in nursery. Someone needs to sign up to serve. Any new guest is going to go, I'm not bringing my kids because you don't have anybody to take care of them. So we never, we never promo that way. We promo, we need you to sign up to serve. Anywhere you sign up to serve, we give, we give them, hey, we encourage you with three, pick three. That doesn't mean you're going to fill all three. We're going to fig figure out what the biggest void is for us. And out of your three selections, we're going to make sure you're serving in one of those areas. So then the leadership determines. 100%. All 
Yep. They get to pick, but then from there we go, what's the biggest need? So, oh, they signed up for first impressions and they signed up for nursery. Then we have a conversation like, who needs them the most? Nursery. Sign them in. Angel. If you make it personal, it's powerful. If you throw out a blanket statement, hey, we just, we need help. But if you call them, so I, I don't know how many weeks ago it was you asked how many people to sign up for first impressions. Uh, it was over 20. But here's the other thing too with that is I don't take, and we don't, take a no as like a that's a forever no. I say, cool, I just, you know, I'm going to follow up with you again like next month. So it's not that we're hounding them, it's just more, hey, this is really as important as we say it is not just for our church. But for you as a follower of Jesus, then like, hey, we're going to keep pressing the issue. Yeah. And then, um, so as the, one of the main communicators from the platform, um, the strategy is to weave through the sermon what the values are, what the mission is, and then to use personal illustrations. So typically on the fourth, on the fourth Sunday when we're talking about volunteers, I'm finding something from that volunteer who I'm like, oh, I'm going to land this right here. Man, I love, man, Lexi, she was serving in kids, and here's what she did. And I'm like, it was so powerful. I love that our next generation could serve. Man, ah, it's so powerful. What a gift. You have a gift. Will you use yours? Right? And it's not a shame. It's an encouragement thing. Like, we all have a part to play. So even this Sunday, I'm talking about what part do you play? What part do you play? And we're talking about the Last Supper. What part do you play? In other words, what you're doing is giving them the opportunity to think about it. Yeah. And move forward. A lot. Yeah. I want to go back to um, when you send that text message. Yep. Or, okay, so first, the person comes in, they get a text at 2 o'clock, yeah. and then you don't see them again next Sunday. Yep. So then what do you do? Uh, so our follow-up is five weeks long. For five weeks. So then Saturday, so we get a text message on Sunday. They get a letter that goes out on Tuesday, which means most of them will receive it hopefully Wednesday, depending on the postal service, even though they're next door. It could be Saturday. And uh, so they get that. Um, and then on Saturday, in the same first week, they get an invitation back. So they get a thank you for being here, a letter that's personal, and then a text message on Saturday. Hey, we have service tomorrow, 9 and 11. Would love to have you join us again. They don't have to come back. But the second week, guess what they're getting? They're getting another invitation text message on Saturday that goes out where they get invited to come back to church again. Again, they don't have to come back. But week three, right, they're getting a call or a text message from me, and then they're also getting an email 
to a new guest survey, which has, has 10 questions. It's a Google form. They can answer all those questions. If they answer the questions on the Google form, we will send them a gift. Our gift, now if you don't have an Apple or an iPhone, I'm sorry, your, our gift to you would be useless, um, but we send them a power cord. And then strategically in the, with that gift and that mailing, we talk about the importance of being connected. Because if we're disconnected, we begin to drain. But when we're connected, we have community. And we got power and we have juice. And so then they get that power cord. See where I'm going? Everything's building. It's like building a staircase. You're building it one step at a time. So they have on-ramps every single week. A couple more. Uh, week four. Yeah. You, man, I, you threw me off. Week four um, is a text message to invite, invite back to church. All right, so we use text message. Um, and then week five is an invitation. It's via text message to our next steps class. So we finish with, hey, you've been here maybe five weeks, maybe four, maybe three. We don't know. But your next step is the last message we send you, which is come to this class. So we keep it going. It's good. Yeah. Uh, nope, that's it. Yep. And when I say that's it, um, understand, again, personal is powerful. I will grab, I grab all of those new guest cards after that five-week period, and I'm tracing and looking. So I'm seeing, who did I see again? What face? So COVID taught us one thing. Um, attendance isn't the only thing you should be measuring. That's a totally different class. Because... We didn't have any butts in any seats. Everybody was online. So now we measure different things. Like, for instance, one of the things we measure is, did you come back for a second service? Some of you are like, how do you measure that? Okay, I'm going to give you a little hint, and then i got to get you out of here. We take 12 pictures. We have four sections of seating. We take three sections of pictures from the back of the room of every section of seating. Those pictures are then emailed to myself and to the administrative assistant who does the attendance. After a while, you kind of get an idea of what the back of people's heads looks like. And we're people, of, we're people that are very prone to sit where we've always sat. So you see them, and you're like, oh, they're just sitting there, they're sitting there. And so now there's new guys. Oh, they came back for a second week. That's different. That's a game changer. Now they're on our radar. So we look at those pictures, and we're analyzing it. Because if, if we expect it, then we inspect it. And so we're looking at that. Now that's a different follow-up. Because when I'm seeing them come back the second week, my eyes are open, and I'm like, oh, hey, so, man, so good to see you again. Here's the second. I'll, I read those guest cards, like, and I memorize them like it's nobody's business. So the second week they come in, I'm like, hey, Nicole, so good to have you back this week. And they're like, how'd you know my name? Because I stalked you on Facebook. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm being honest, though. We do. We stalk them. If you don't have social media, you're hurting my game of being able to reach out to you. <laughs> but we do. It's good. Lance, uh, a while back, I'm not sure if you can remember the line exactly, but you talked about the relationship between values and culture. Yeah. And you went on, you kind of extrapolated that a little bit. Do you remember, do you remember that line? You had a lot of that stuff. Yeah, so every, every, yeah, every, every church has a culture, but not every church will have new guests. Was it that, or was it? So it was the relationship between values and culture, and then you said a few more things, like something about strategy and maybe mission. Yeah, that was off the top of my head. I don't know. Let me. 
No, but, but understand, culture are behaviors, so you have to have a strategy. If you're not getting the results or the behaviors that you want to see, then change your strategy. Design a new system that will help that strategy be able to implement your values, which then help create your culture, right? We all need to have a healthy culture. All right, last question. Good. Oh, you do? Oh, what, what was it? Wasn't it any good? That was good. I don't know who said it, but that was good. That was good. Listen, blind squirrels find nuts. That's all I can say. I, I probably will never remember that again. So it was for you to know and no one else to have. All right. So thanks for being here. That was awesome. Go get you guys some lunch and uh, enjoy it and keep learning and keep growing. These two are much smarter than me, okay. so you want to So here's, here's my quandary. So I'm in a quandary. My husband and I are the outreach and what we call the next person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I typically feel like they're going to So we have launched this initiative this past six months, and we have seen incredible growth within it, and not even like specifically targeting this, but God has run into lots of people who are just as green as can be. And so they've been in the church for months, and we just recently started seeing like even like conversions and salvations and things like that. So we have this whole group of people that's like, I'll have lunch with them for my family. And I'm like, they know nothing. And that's super exciting, but you're like, what do you do with it, right? So we've been kind of like fishing for... And so our, and so uh, our I need to reinvent my session. Like <laughs> oh, you just want to watch it. Well, next time, don't send them to me in advance. <laughs> so, super friendly people who right. are in our church as a serve church. So, we like a finish.